If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today at our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. I know what it's like. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Out A Wrap. Today I'm joined by Erica Farmer, who is the co-founder and director of Quantum Rise Training. Um, hi Erica, how are you doing? Hi Martin, good, thank you. Really good to be here. How are you? Very good, thanks. We were both, just as I hit record, we were both just talking about um, do <laughs> dogs, weren't <laughs> we? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> dealing with puppies and animals during the pandemic and all yes. of that kind of all that kind of stuff but um <laughs> snoring <laughs> yes he what he was snoring previously um i'm really looking forward to this one um let's start then really with how did you get to where you are today yeah which always sounds like a massive question it's it? huge <laughs> start with the I woke huge, up, I got ridiculous out of bed. one yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, very lucky to uh, be co-founder of Quantum Rise and where that's come from is 20 years corporate learning and development experience. So I've been really lucky. I've lived in the West Country most of my life, but able to work in L&D functions, learning and development functions for some big brands such as British Gas, um, LV, Specsavers, Virgin, um, climbing that kind of greasy corporate pole, as it were. Um, and actually, you know, as much as I, I joke about kind of corporate and, and some of my experiences, I've learned a huge amount. And, you know, it's one of those things where I wouldn't be able to probably have the success if we have a quantum rise with that an amazing network of most of the people that I've met during my time in those roles, really. So, um, so probably, I think it's about maybe two years ago, decided to take that uh, that jump off the cliff um, and set up my own business. I was actually set, I actually set up Welcome to Learning when I was at Specsavers and Welcome to Learning was focusing on two minute learning content. So videos and virtual classrooms, very short light bite type stuff. Um, and was very lucky uh, that a lot of my friends and network at the time bought from me at that point. Um, and then the pandemic hit and then it all went a bit crazy into virtual classrooms, webinars, etc. And that's how Quantum Rise was born. So um, this is our first year. So February is our first birthday, which is really exciting. Actually. Wow, happy birthday. I know, right? Where's that gone? <laughs> Um, but I'm now in business with my business partner, Hayley Bird. Uh, so I look after kind of the business development, business finance side of the business, PR marketing, and Hayley looks after our design and delivery of our digital and interactive online learning. And we have about 14 delivery partners, um, associates, I guess, other organizations would know them as, 
who work with our amazing set of clients that we work with and Hayley looks after the team and designs all our training and, and all of that great stuff so it's pretty awesome really and we're very very lucky sounds it and your your passion is palpable what the um so two years ago I know time's a bit kind of uh fluid it's certainly remembering it is fluid yeah. in this in this period of uh, the pandemic but two years ago would have been we were still in, we, we were at the start of the pandemic right yeah so I remember meeting Hayley we both decided at the same time to go self-employed and I met her at Costa Coffee in Clumpton about two weeks before the first lockdown oh. and we were talking about whether virtual learning would ever be successful <laughs> the <laughs> irony <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and uh, Hayley and I were talking about this this morning, actually. I've always been someone that you'd say, like a cat, I always fall on my feet, you know. Yeah. And you can say, is that is that luck um, and fate or is that decision making and, and talent and expertise and all the stuff you bring to that? At least probably a bit of a mix of both, actually. But so, yeah, we've been we've we've maximised the opportunity we've had in the pandemic. You could say right time, right place. However, I think what we've learned over all of those years in corporate, Haley's a teacher by trade and also spent time in corporate, we've been able to bring something to the market that was standout quality, uh, which, you know, attracted a lot of people who had the, the needs for our services. So from that perspective, you know, it, it's been awesome. It's been great, really. Take you right back then. I'm just really curious around the kind of there's a fuel, right? There's a there's a passion that kind of puts yeah. you puts you in a in an area of our world, and you've stayed in that. What was it about L and or what is it about L and D? And when can you remember that being first sort of yeah. ignited? So it probably goes back to it sounds cliche, but remember that teacher at school that you really kind of remember and was inspired yeah. by. Mrs. Harris was my PE teacher. I went to the local grammar school, Colton Grammar, and she was amazing. I always had an affinity for sport, particularly contact and team sports. Um, and just uh, kind of knew early on I wanted to be a PE teacher. Um, so studied my A-levels, went to university, did, got my degree in sport and exercise science. And then I needed to do like another one to two years on my PGC to become an official teacher, then a newly qualified teacher. At that point, I realised every school that I was probably going to go to wouldn't have been as well behaved as Collet and Grammar School in East Devon. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, the job was probably going to be a lot tougher than the experience that I had growing up. But what I did do after traveling the world and coming back is I fell into, um, so this is after I graduated, I fell into my first proper job, call it that, um, because I'd done telesales work and things like that before, which was recruitment. So uh, fell into that and quickly became the person who trained other people to do sales calls yeah. or did the inductions or trained yeah. the new managers. And I was unbelievably lucky to have a chap called Shane, Shane Rice from Torrington in Devon. He was our area manager, regional manager at the time. And Shane was the person who went, and I tell this story in every, every interview I used to have, there's something about what you do that we need to make a role for. So he created this operational trainer role for me based on spotting my potential and what I did. This role didn't exist. Um, and I stepped into this role and, and really flourished and been in various learning and development roles since then and I stay in it because I think we make a massive impact to a lot of people and a lot of businesses which is brilliant what we do is fun 
which is certainly one of the most important things for me. And you can really meet some fantastic, amazing collaborative people. And I'm sure all of those things apply to other sectors and other roles. But for me, it's it's where we're good. It's what we do. It's what I love and enjoy and understand and can bring value to and have purpose with. And I think all of those things are really important in life. So love yeah. that. And thank you, Shane. Well done, Shane. I know, right? To this day, yeah. I'll always call him out. Yeah. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Happy days. It's funny because in my in my mind, um, the way I often think about so different people coming on and talking from different disciplines within the contact center right mm -hmm. to, to for you talking about that working with not necessarily always like-minded but I, I can remember one particular um, contact center I worked in two buildings I was like on the phones and then you walk across the car park and there was all the other mm -hmm. support functions payroll HR what IT um I would bounce into the L and D room because I knew the people in there. Yeah. It would be a lovely part of my day, even if it was just five minutes. Yeah. It was the one room that had books in it that I liked. Yeah. You could you could go and chat to people about, right. I feel, I've been thinking, you know, often most conversations started yeah. like that. Yeah. You'd be like, right, you know my team. And the, and but you'd have people to go, yeah. You know, there'd be <laughs> rather than what <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah I'm not surprised to hear it's almost like L&D people like want to absorb it they want yeah. to know they want to help and yeah it's, I mean yeah it, it when I was heading up training at LV in the contact centers we would have people specifically come and ask if there was chairs and seats available in the L&D area because they just wanted some energy and yeah. they wanted to be around different people and have a different vibe than sitting in other parts of the building for a very, very similar, mm. same kind of reason that you're talking about. So it's interesting, isn't it? Yes, fascinating. What, um, so you've started the business, it's doing really, really well, but you've kind of, you've, it's birth and now yep. where you are, it's all been through the, the pandemic. What kind of, the key takeaways do you have from that experience oh that's a good question thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome I talk a lot and whether this is about the time in my life so I'm 41 now so I as soon as you know I got to my 40s and I started to have this kind of not a revelation but certainly this sense of more about who I was and what was important to me and I think that's what's played through in Quantum Rise, certainly for Haley. Haley's a bit younger than me. She's 36, I think. And she's starting to come into that space. She's got a young family, but very much as dedicated to this as I am. So I think where I'm going with this is really being able to follow your heart and be authentic to what it is that you want to do. And that plays out with things like working with clients that we want to work with. We've, we've got like a grid that we plot prospects on. It's to do with innovation and collaboration. And that's not saying we won't work with clients that don't fit in that top right hand corner. Of course, we will. But that's like our, our, ideal, our ideal client. And we, we're both very clear on that because it maps to us as individuals and people and also the brand of the business and what we do. So that clarity, I think, has really supported us with Quantum Rise um, and, you know, being fortunate enough to have amazing repeat business and, and real 
clients that don't treat us as order takers, but really st- you know, real strategic business partners. Fujitsu is an amazing partner of ours and they would class us as a partner, not as a supplier. You know, it's those kind of things that make the difference. Um, and, you know, we've learned a huge amount over the last kind of couple of years, particularly the last year, we've put a lot of money into working with suppliers and partners that we've brought on that hasn't worked because we've had an expectation that those partners would treat us how we treat our clients and that and that's been a learn because that's not always the case right um that's been a big expensive learn for us um but you you, but everything every day is a school day right and again that's cheesy but it's true no i 100% agree that kind of um i i'm like you a great lover of sport and um coach uh, the girls team and try and talk to them about you you win or you learn it's about yeah. if you, you can't you've got to enjoy the progression and the, and the actual process of or the time of the game you know yes we want to win and and all of that kind of stuff but it's about yeah winning winning and learning and actually it's again another cliche you learn more when you fail oh 100% I can look back at my worst conversations in corporate when I really screwed something up or I really thought I was going to get this in my performance appraisal and I didn't or I really struggled like working for a certain individual and I think at the time it just felt so painful and so hard and so difficult but I look back on that experience and probably accelerated things like my self-awareness and my development even though it was so icky at the time it was horrible at the time but you're absolutely right it can't be plain sailing all of the time you need in business in particular you need to have those highs and lows of that roller coaster it can't just be great all the time sorry i lost the audio again oh 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 dear can you hear me hello 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 Hello. you got me yeah i've gone fully fully old school um you, you know you were saying about the um negative experiences right yeah um is does that fine tune is that the, is that the process of fine tuning your gut instinct so now late, later on you're more likely to trust in it trust it and act on it mm-hmm. but maybe earlier on in your career you still felt that thing in your gut where you're like no, I don't, I don't like how you're treating me right now or, I, or something's mm. off, mm. but I'm going to put up with it because I'm junior or I'm in a strange relationship and you're a director and I'm a team leader. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. now, you know, play that out again and I'd be like, no, thanks. This is normal. Goodbye. Yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of that is down to confidence confidence comes with that experience isn't it and then it's not going to be the end of the world if you do say no or you do something different or you know you're not going to get everything right but it's how you do things differently going forwards and we're probably you know I would let things roll out probably longer than what I would do now because I've now got the confidence to say to your point around gut feeling it doesn't feel right and actually, last year at Quantum Rise, we actually walked away from two fairly significant prospects that would have been big, big contracts for us because it didn't feel right. It would have been stressful. The relationship would have been hard work. It would have felt like we were going back to be employed 
by that that company and that's not the reason why we do what we do yeah so I, I think it's going back to age confidence experience you know just I feel more wise is probably the word compared to you're right the 25 year old team leader that wanted to please and climb the greasy pole and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, when, before we before we hit record, um, it's obvious, and you know, as I've, I've mentioned the word passion a few times, but you, <laughs> there are things you're passionate about, and uh, soapbox was me- soapbox was mentioned to, <laughs> to, to drag it out. So this could be like speakers' corner in London. <laughs> Love it. What 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 are we? What are we all gathered around to listen to? What's the <laughs> <laughs> or not in the case maybe you might just be me on my own who knows well that's the whole beauty of speaker's corner you can just wander off yeah <laughs> i am um, i get particularly... that's a good name for a podcast what speaker's corner yeah there yeah you go. yeah i love that yeah yeah i love that look out for that Martin and Eric. Martin and Eric. write it down before we forget um yeah, I think um, going back to the business space, particularly mm. in kind of online and, and, and where business has gone and what we've learned over the last two years, like you said, time feels a bit stretchy, doesn't it, at the mm. moment? I think we all lost a year last year, didn't we, for some bizarre reason. I think what I'm probably, what presses my buttons at the moment is seeing so much innovation and hard work and thinking and buy-in and development around things like what great blended online learning looks like what good ed tech educational technology looks like um and not just the, the purest tech or the l d piece but the opportunity that that brings to people you know whether that's back in my face-to-face delivery days there was always people who had to leave to do the school run at half past two three o'clock yeah <coughs> excuse me and they felt bad for leaving mm-hmm. but really the onus is on us to provide an opportunity that shouldn't be one or the other yeah. you know so you know just the bite-sized learning providing accessibility creating impact you know we know that getting a bit of theory and doing something with it is going to help you move it from the short-term memory to the work to working memory to the long-term memory we know that the brain can learn in a certain way when you're designing and delivering online and all of this can be accessible from anywhere on the globe you know you're not flying around and training it to London and all these carbon emissions and affecting, you know, against the kind of sustainability agenda, but not paying for like crappy sandwiches and lunches in horrible training rooms that have got no natural light. It gets rid of all of that rubbish. Yeah. The L&D has moaned about for so many years. But, but what we're seeing now, unfortunately, we're seeing a parting of the waves. We're seeing those people who truly believe in digital and the potential of it like what we do at quantum rise and the difference it can make and our clients will show you the difference it can make and those people who are kind of going back to the comfort zone and going back to the driving to london or flying to this or and i'm not saying there's not a place for in-person face-to-face of course there is but it's around having that decision-making matrix around what you can do virtually and what perhaps you need that more human-centered connection within a group of people thrashing out a project in a room or whatever it might be but I see a lot of L&D people now just kind of reverting back to type pinging back I call it and my kind of mantra is don't ping back 
um, because there's such an opportunity here for us to continue to grow and do something different and provide those opportunities and accessibility. And even from a neurologically diverse perspective, there's now technology you can put into Zoom and Teams to make that easier to consume for people. But for some reason, we're going back to chalk and talk and flip charts and all that kind of stuff, which is 20 years ago, you yeah. know. And I don't understand why. Is it comfort zone? Is it, is it, I don't know, be interested in your thoughts. One of the things that I was thinking then, and I completely agree with you, um, is the, the pinging back takes you back to a place where, and I think if you are honest with participants, it's like the participants aren't being considered Absolutely. When, you, when you ping back because yeah. training or L&D shouldn't be. So if, if there's the knowledge part, right, where you know that you're going to, uh, gain knowledge learn something that and most people I think will go yeah brilliant I love that bit yeah but that is wrapped up in a lot of grief uh, yeah. you know it's a pain to get there like you say you've got that awkward bit before you're you're having no no one no one has ever come back and gone I I loved all the travel I loved being <laughs> I loved being in uh, 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 you know the hotel reception area the coffee was brilliant yeah the, tra the training was all right as well and then <laughs> I and then I had to come back and I missed the kids and stuff like that yeah now you know log in you know and I think it makes us more it certainly makes me more present yep so um I'm present because I know and you know that you've got this contract now that I think we've all signed which is it's okay if the doorbell rings a hundred percent it's yep. okay if you have to go and sort your dog out or yep. a child runs in. We've all now been exposed and uh, tacitly or in tacit, is it? No, not tacit. We've um, just signed and said, yeah, that's cool. There's no yeah. one that's getting bent out of shape about that. Yeah. Um, and that kind of respect for each other's lives and the, yeah. you know, and the flexibility. Why would you want to revert back to... Mm -hmm how it was previously now like you for some it'll work for specific reasons and there's a, a flexible flexible approach I guess that's going to work but um if you ask me now what my preference would be 100% and I think it's necessity is the mother of invention right mm -hmm. so all of a sudden people have to think uh like we we I'll give you an example um our IT director is very proud of this <laughs> those kind of um, IT training things can be very dry for someone like me. I'm not, not for everyone, but for someone like me, we learned through watching, um, you know, at our screens and whenever we wanted on our tablets or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it was a net. It's a. It was a dramatized show. I can remember the name. It's called The Inside Man, <laughs> and um, it was about data protection fundamentally. Uh -huh. But it was uh -huh. just a really. It's different. I really, I really enjoyed it, and I think that kind of we've you go right. Let's how do we do this? How can we be creative? How can we, like you say, we we know far more neurologically now than we ever have done. Why regress? Mm -hmm. You know, why not? Why not say right? We've got all this new learning. We can go back to buildings now. But what is the best way for the mm -hmm. participant? Mm -hmm not just about them taking on new new knowledge and being able to use it and it becomes functional, but also where this training fits in their life today. Yes. 
you know and i think that was it shouldn't be something that makes people go right i've got a range childcare. how do i get there exactly. what if my car breaks down you know just anxious 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 where do i park how do i get there you know if i've got dietary conditions will that be catered for it just keeps going on and on doesn't it and do i have to wear trousers <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know each to their own yeah yeah <laughs> i'm loving this top half world <laughs> But I, I think you're absolutely right. And and I think part of it is comfort zone, skill, what I've always done has worked and now it's not seeming to be working anymore. And that pushes me out of my space. I think some of it is, and you and you know, people have really tried to make this work where I've taken my in-person face-to-face content, put it onto Zoom or Teams, hoped it would work and it won't because it's different methodology. And then some people have really got it and said, you know what, this is brilliant for all of the reasons we've just talked about there. Um, and, and that's the split that we're seeing right now. And the innovative organizations, going back to the clients that we like to work with and the prospects that we, they get it. You don't have to influence or persuade around the benefit of online. And, you know, it is a different skill set. It takes personality, it takes presentation, it takes engagement, interaction, and the use of tech. I call it double brain thinking. You're managing Zoom and Poll Everywhere and Jamboard and Miro at the same time as you're delivering the training and facilitating and questioning. And normally I just do one of those and it's normally the facilitating and questioning piece. I don't have to think about the text, but it is an ask to do it well. It is very different, but it's a discipline like other HR disciplines and other L&D disciplines. We don't all have to be the same. It would be boring if we were. I just wish that the mindset um, for some would, based on what we now know, the benefits, the sustainability impacts, you know, we all rocked up and watched Carb, uh, COP26 for a week and then we said, that's brilliant, yes, we need to do that, and then we all pinged back again. And I know I'm talking absolutes here, I'm kind of deliberately, deliberately yeah, being a bit yeah, provocative, right. but um, it, it's just that, come on, we can do better, we can do better for people, we shouldn't be this human battery that goes to work and the battery's drained at five o'clock because work has taken all that energy out of us. And then we get home to our kids or we step away from the office on the machine or whatever. And we're with our kids and our family and we've got that empty battery. That's not how it should be the other way around. Work should, you know, increase the battery. So then when we have time with our friends and our family and our kids, we have a full battery and we can give them everything that we are. So I think our thinking around not just L&D, but work, the workspace, the work environment in general, we need to harness some of this stuff now, what we've learned, not just ping back all the time. It's interesting, isn't it? If I find myself asking why a lot more. So, it, you know, people that have said, can we can we meet? And now it becomes like a specific thing where they say, oh, can we meet in person? Yeah. And yeah, that's absolutely cool. You wouldn't have thought twice that was not it would have been abnormal to say Mm -hmm. well should we just do a zoom three years ago let's say Mm -hmm. um but now you just think wonder what it is that people need um to do the face-to-face element Mm -hmm. for especially Mm -hmm. if they're um do you find that in in lnd though that there's there's some people that um, don't want to do the whole transaction mm. or the whole process digitally that, that there has to be some face-to-face I th- it, again I think it depends on the type of personal type of organization you're talking to so Haley and I although we live 12 miles away from each other barely see each other in person because we don't feel yeah. like we need to 
because yeah. we get what we need from each other as business partners through Zoom, Zoom or Teams or normally FaceTime. Mm. Um, we might go for an odd, you know, working lunch, as it were. But, um, you know, whereas working with other clients, I know that, you know, the feedback they've had, whether this is a mindset thing or, or I don't know, they, they, the decision making matrix that they've put to come together will have specific tasks, maybe coaching, one to one coaching or maybe um, an ideas session in a project where they do want people together to have that. And, I, and I'd quite happily do this stuff on Zoom on Teams all day long, but not have to travel to Manchester or London or whatever. But I guess it's horses for courses. It's the personality. It's the confidence. It's all the st other stuff we've talked about um, and, and comfort zones and, and all that. I, I, I don't know. You're probably talking to someone who's so far up the other yeah. end of the scale yeah, yeah. that I could yeah. live virtually and digitally and, you know, get to the point of probably, you know, remember that movie Lawnmower Man when he's actually integrated into the computer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like that yeah. in 10 years' time. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but, you know, I laugh. The metaverse is coming. We've already yeah. got Oculus and, you know, VR yeah. and all of that mm. stuff is now starting to come in to... Uh, employers and providers in L&D because it's more accessible from a commercial perspective whereas when I was running apprenticeships at British Gas eight years ago we talked about you know training engineer apprentices with virtual reality and blowing up a boiler's a customer's boiler without actually blowing it up but we just couldn't afford the tech at the time so I think that has changed hugely as well so we are going to be all these avatars in this kind of virtual weird space-like meeting space at some point aren't we so well I think um if somebody had said to me as a team leader or when I manage team leaders let's give people um a very real experience of delivering coaching mm -hmm. and how that interaction is going to go and it's delivered through um, vr using ai mm -hmm. and it's constantly learning and getting better and giving you different scenarios mm -hmm. i'd have bitten your hand off because mm -hmm. that kind of it, i think that takes away especially as new generations come in i think it takes away that whole oh no we've got to do a role play <laughs> you, know, you know just yeah here you go you're used to this from a just society gaming or whatever we're yeah. now going to put you in it we're going to put you in situations and help you learn by exposing you to them through through technology why wouldn't yeah. you yeah yeah absolutely and back to your point a bit earlier it's around um on time content and in demand content so mm. you know what happens when you get you know something lands you get your new phone land or something you buy a product you don't sit you don't go to a classroom session for two days and, and, and get taught how to use an iPhone or how to use a new TV or whatever it is. You either Google it and watch someone on a video yeah. saying this is yeah. the buttons that you press or you play around with it yourself until you fix it. I tend to do that rather than yeah. and then I'll go back to the YouTube video. Mm. And Gen Z, it's all about when I want the content, when I need the knowledge, don't put me in a big programmatic response of 12 weeks of induction in the contact centre and fill me full of stuff that I don't need now. I will tell you what I need and when I need it. And that's the flip. That's the real flip that needs to make is we, we push the control out to the people that need it rather than holding it in an ovary tower and using big budgets and you know he large headcount that's long gone in L D. that stuff has because we I guess you know, that go sorry on. go on 
I was just going to say, you think about you know the the amputation of L and D functions at the beginning of the pandemic. Particular, I know there was a lot of big organisations that it wasn't just cutting fat; it was cutting an arm off, you know, mm -hmm. because we didn't know where the future was going to be. And actually, with, a lot of them haven't replaced because they recognise there's a different way to do it. And that kind of um, desire for how do, how best to get, you know, you take that kind of induction, and um, for, I guess some people's reticence would you have seen is about lack of control or control moving mm, potentially it goes back to this is how we've always done it which is the same for no matter what job role you're in I think inherently as people we have that safe zone don't we mm. and you get some people who like to step outside the safe zone and some people who don't like to step outside the safe zone and I remember at LV we had a very protracted induction for people who were underwriting pensions and life insurance they needed to know a lot of technical information it wasn't just and I'm not kind of disrespecting anybody who's picking up speaking you know phone speaking to customers they were doing that and they were talking about the details of the life insurance policy and I remember the ops manager said to me Erica I just need these people released earlier we just need them being productive we need it higher and I said okay if you give me an extra trainer I'll cut your induction by 50 percent she said you'll never do it I said watch me and we did it because it yeah. was a half of the battle was mindset yeah you know so well, anyone knows about if you could reduce speed to competency by 50%, what do you need? Happy days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happy days. Just, show, you know, and, that, and sometimes it takes that, and I don't, I don't know if bravery or courage is the right word, but that challenge, that kind of ballsiness, that confidence to say, let's just try it. Let's do something different. Let's do it in a different way. And if we if we fail and we don't get a response that we're looking for, then to your point earlier, we've learned something. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because the, the world of the contact centre very much previously was, and still now in a lot of areas, is command and control. Mm. And yet someone asked me the other day, oh, what, uh, are you going to put together like themes of what people have said as guests on, uh, on here? And one of the themes is people have made to, you know, quantum leaps, big changes, big innovation, when they have come away from command and control mm -hmm. either through they've been forced into it something's happened or they've actually been a bit rebellious mm -hmm. and born out of frustration maybe they've just <laughs> done something different um and broken broken three of that and this is what you're talking about this is kind of being a, a period of disruption yeah you've embraced it you're doing really well the participants and learners are doing really well why would you want to go backwards yeah yeah exactly why would you but you know that's easy for me to say when I can pay my bills and I've got a good income and I've got a great business partner I've got great clients you know I'm lucky that at the moment my business is a success but there's no guarantee of next year or the year after as things might change the chancellor might change to increase my corporation tax again or my dividends tax or whatever they're going to go after um you know so I, I can sit from a a, a um, luxurious position and rain down judgment on all of this. You there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know, who knows what the future holds? Well, let's. Um, I think we've only we've only covered one of your soapbox items, so let's uh, <laughs> let's make this part one of two. Okay, sounds um, good. Thanks very much for coming on. Let's do another one um, next week. Yep, and we'll. Um, We'll hear the, the next 
soapbox topic yeah <laughs> there's always going to be a soapbox somewhere martin you don't need to ask me twice <laughs> no but thanks very much it's been brilliant and um, yeah everyone hang fire we'll do part two soon <laughs> brilliant thank you so much really appreciate it thank you do you know how many files your employees have uploaded downloaded emailed airdropped slacked or shared via google drive today a lot of that data has left your organization and you don't even know it Visit Code42.com to learn how Insider prevents data exfiltration. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.